Morning, everyone. You know, through this past December season, we've been looking at this thing called the kingdom of God. And what I've really been trying to do is help you to see how the entire Christmas message is wrapped up into this little phrase from Jesus that the kingdom of God is near. Or as we've been saying this past December, that the kingdom of God is in your face. And my hope over the past several Sundays was that by looking at it from different angles, be it scripturally or emotionally or hobbit-like, that we could in some way apprehend what Jesus is getting at when he talks about the reality of this thing called Christmas and the reality of this thing called the kingdom of God. You know, it's the, it's the day before the night, before Christmas, and in very intentionally, we wanted to scale back today from, from the festive side of things, shall we say, to start a preparation of the heart, maybe a personal meditation. And I actually want to share something with you today to help you understand the kingdom of God, and I want to do it through the lens of the Connecticut shootings that happened just a week ago. I think every single one of us know the story by now of what happened, but it was a week ago Friday. So nine days ago from today, that a, a 20-something was led into a high school, and he was armed, and he went on a shooting, killing over 20 people, students and adults alike, after which he went to the home of his brother and the home of his mother and killed both of them, and then ended it all by committing suicide. And there was about a 24-hour flash, or maybe a 48-hour flash, wasn't there? Of, of mass sympathy and mass outcry and, and mass mourning. And then for the rest of the world, life goes on. You know, I remember back in 98, 99, Tina and I had the opportunity to be doing ministry in... Uh, the Denver, Colorado area, about 15 minutes from a town called Littleton, when something happened there in a school called Columbine. And seeing how events like that rack not only the families who are immediately affected, but entire communities, and then from there begin to ripple out to society in general. And in the past week, we've seen political pundits, we've seen radio commentators, we've seen the talking heads, each giving their gesture of support, using their political opportunity, sometimes for good purposes and sometimes for what, what appears to be self-seeking. But what I'd like to do today is talk about that shooting in relation to the kingdom of God and what the kingdom of God is all about. See, in the wake of Connecticut, I think many people forgot or just ceased to care, probably a long time ago, that we averted an apocalypse two days ago. Right? Now, I was starting to wonder when the storm called the dragon was coming in and what kind of biblical eschatological things are happening before our eyes, but it came, it went, we are still here. And the track record of end times prophecy predictors remains the same 100% of always being wrong. Amen? But you know what the thing is? The Mayan apocalypse might not have come, but your own personal apocalypse can come at any time. 
And I think what's so difficult with, with things like the Connecticut shooting is it makes people realize, especially in safe, insulated suburbs, that you can die at any time. And I think what's so scary to people about things like Connecticut is the seemingly randomness about it. There's nothing these people could have done. There's no policy out there or school preventative measures or, or personal protective measures these families could have taken in all realisticness to avert what would have happened in Connecticut that day or Columbine that day 13 years ago or anywhere in between. It can just happen, can't it? Do you realize that every day since the Connecticut shooting, there's been another public shooting? Somewhere in this country. But lest you go the wrong way with that, do you realize that every day before the Connecticut shooting, there was a public shooting somewhere in this country? Every single day. That what happens in Connecticut gets a certain amount of media attention for certain reasons but is actually, sadly, in many ways, not that abnormal to violence happening not only around our globe, but around our country. And I think it's that randomness of it all that is what's so frightening, because it leaves you going, how do I deal with this? And I meet some people, and, and, and their modes of dealing with it seems to live with a certain kind of paranoid fear. They go around with this black cloud over their head waiting for something to happen again. And they live almost in this mild state of panic, if you will. Maybe you've had family members or friends, or maybe I'm speaking to some of you in that. I've known other people that have approached it another way, where they cease to take control of life. I'm going to do everything in my power and make sure nothing like that happens to me. And this world and this universe will bend to my will so I will not be affected by random chance and random things that come. But the hard thing is, in both situations, you realize that you can do everything in your power to prepare for situations. Or you can obsess 24-7 about what-ifs. And the reality is that sometimes, despite it all, it still just comes. Because we live in a universe where things happen outside of our control. And these families in Connecticut faced this firsthand this past week. How do you deal with it? Do you live in fear? Do you live in sympathy for the moment because it feels like the right thing to do? Do you live with a sense of constant emergency preparedness? Or do you look at situations like these and everyone since and everyone before and realize that God is bigger than you? God is bigger than the events of this world and that no matter what happens to you, as painful as it might be, there is a hope beyond suffering and death. Because see, that's fundamentally what the kingdom of God is all about. 
Now, do you remember last week at all? We talked about The Hobbit. We talked about finding God in The Hobbit, finding God in The Lord of the Rings, and the theological messages of The Lord of the Rings. The reason that uh, we talk about things like that is not to escape reality. In fact, the reason we talk about things like that, especially on days right after things like Connecticut happens, is because it helps us see, believe it or not, reality all the more clearly. So that when tragedy does come, when suffering is present, by looking through a new lens, somehow things can come not into less clarity, but greater clarity. And if you were with us last week, we looked at several things revolving around this idea of what the kingdom of God is really about. Do you remember the passage? Let me show it to you again. We said that this passage here defines everything Christmas is about, everything Jesus' ministry is about, everything the kingdom of God is about, everything the Bible is about. It says that from that time on, Jesus began to preach. And please read it with me. Repent, for the kingdom of God is upon you. That the kingdom of God is upon you. And what the kingdom means, and what Christmas means, is that there is something greater to this reality that we live in. Something that, that often escapes the eye. Something that if we're not careful, we might just miss under the cloud of the reality of the day-to-day -day that happens every single day, Connecticut included, that even in something like that, there is more going on than meets the eye. That we live in a universe locked in cosmic war between good and evil, and good and evil suddenly in the light of something like Connecticut starts to take on real terms, doesn't it? Not just good theoretical ideas for a philosophical or theological system. That good starts to suddenly mean something tangible. That evil starts to suddenly mean something tangible. And so that when we talk about God coming to rescue people and bring them into the light from darkness, suddenly it goes beyond sentimental Christmas talk into something that actually has potency. Teeth. See, that's what the kingdom of God is all about. That the world is more than what it seems and there is an invasion of Satan in this world and he manifests himself. This isn't just play stuff or picture stuff or stained glass windows. He's real. That he's active. That he's seeking to turn a world unto himself that people fall victim, that people give in, that people betray and trade allegiances. This is what Jesus means when he says the kingdom of God is upon you, that there are two kingdoms clashing in this world. But Jesus' constant message is my kingdom wins. You know, in just a moment of honesty, I'm, I'm always surprised at times like these, like Connecticut, 
when people are filled with a certain level of shock and ask questions like, how could something like this happen? You know, for a while I thought I was just numb. Not to Connecticut, but to life. I remember when we were in Colorado. I had much the same response. The, the complete bewilderment people had that how could something like this happen? I remember it at 911. When, when unspeakable life was taken and people were like, how could this happen? And there was a sense of a safety bubble being broken. I look at Connecticut and those other events and I've personally come to realize I'm surprised it doesn't happen more because I really believe that there is such a thing called sin. And I really believe that when Jesus talks about this thing called the kingdom of God, he means it. And I think about how many of us might be lured into approaching life in such a way as though reality is really the fairy tale. And sin is some kind of theoretical idea, to use the phrase again. But things like this bring it to the fore, don't it? You know, sin is not just a churchy word for a bunch of cutesy rules that people feel like they have to devise because they have nothing better to do in life. Or to maintain a proper cultural ethic. Or to hearken back to a, a golden age. The reason God talks so strongly about this thing called sin is because it's ugly and vicious and manifests itself in cruel in hateful ways. Sin is harsh and it's damaging. And I think Christians often approach it as theory. But Connecticut is this theory in all of its ugly form. And it's why we do what we do here today. It's what this is all about. I mean this Sunday thing, this coming, this going, this Bible thing, this thing that we read, the songs that we sing. These are so much more than just cultural standards or emotional hits. See, what we're doing is we're coming straight into this kingdom of darkness. We're coming straight into the kingdom of darkness and saying, it is real. But we defy it. I think of this past Wednesday where we were gathered in this, this sanctuary. It's why we do things like we did last Wednesday where we light candles and we sing songs like, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. We do it because we're crying out for a greater reality, not because it's a, it's a carol that brings good sentimental feelings to us. Tomorrow we gather for Christmas. We have these candlelight services. And the reason we do it is because we look Satan in the eye and we say, despite your wrath, we defy you. 
We defy you because Christ has come into the world and his kingdom has come with it. So do your worst because your days are numbered because the light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. It's not because it's some family tradition or the reason for the season or some sentimental journey like that. That's why we pray. Because we believe there's a God who actually cares and actually listens and actually answers. It's why we do things through this season like raise money for Kenya. Because though our heart might break for the people in Connecticut, there's people that continue to die around the world every day. And in this case, there's something we can actually do about it. See, when Jesus talks about this thing called the kingdom of God, he is talking about so much more than a Christmas sentiment. He's talking so much more than a good idea, a good feeling, a personal reality. He is talking about the gears and mechanisms and workings of a universe. And for Jesus, it was always in its raw, visceral reality. And I want to encourage you that if your Christianity does not intersect in real and tangible ways with things like Connecticut, you may be in fact missing what Jesus is talking about when he says, repent, for the kingdom of God is upon you. Because what Christmas is really about is darkness. Real darkness. Darkness at all of its conceivable forms. But standing up in the darkness and saying, a light shines in the darkness. And the darkness has not overcome it. May you embrace that light these next couple of days. May Christmas go beyond trees and parties and presents to the deeper things. May you find that hope actually means something in the light of things like Connecticut or the suffering you face that tomorrow we gather to say God has come. God is here. God is not defeated. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. Would you pray with me? God, today we pray for people who are in darkness. People here, in our families, in our communities, in Connecticut, 
in Kenya, around the globe. God, you were never one to shirk from reality. You faced it in all its visceral form. You suffered. You hurt. You tasted death and the brokenness of a fallen, sinful world in all of its evil and array. And yet, God, you chose to come into the midst of it. You did not hide. You did not pretend like it wasn't there. You did not turn a blind eye, but in poverty and in pain and a manger you were born. To show that in the midst of the greatest suffering, the kingdom of God is there. So bring your kingdom, Lord. Bring it rapidly, violently. Bring it in full force. Bring it upon us in this world. Shine your light. Heal the broken. Bind the wounded. Comfort the oppressed. Bring hope to those who mourn. Joy to those who are in despair. Because a kingdom is coming that will not fade and will not pass away. It is upon us. May we taste it. May we see it. May we embrace it. May we live in that kingdom reality. Got to pray for our brothers and sisters here today. Wherever they might be. But tomorrow they remember the light shines in the darkness. And God, your kingdom wins.